Good morning. Good morning. Got a small crowd today. I think there's uh, nobody coming downriver. Nobody coming downriver. It's possible that, I want to say something about Risley's maybe coming here. So it's possible that uh, Scott Risley and his wife will be down here today. Might coming down around, so you might see them at some point. And, and John Donaldson might be probably be down here at some point. He's, I guess, doing something in Fairbanks, in business in Fairbanks. So he's gonna, he might, he might be around a little bit today. So that'll be, be cool to see him. It's, uh, you know, there's, we got so many needs in our midst. I think all of us probably have a burden that we're carrying, maybe a few, but uh, we just we re- we really don't know how how God will move in some situations, and sometimes we don't even really know what we need. I don't. Sometimes I don't even know what really to ask for. So, you know, there's one situation I've been playing, praying about just for for Kathy, which just like you know, God, mercy, you know. Let your mercy be her portion and her strength and everything else that goes with that. But it's, it's, and when God brings us to the end of ourself, we don't really know what our response to that's going to be. And so we, we kind of, we kind of put ourselves at the mercy of, of his, you know, great power and capable hand. And we lay ourselves out there and say, God, what, what am I, where am I at in this situation? And we just have to let him add to us whatever, whatever, whatever input, whatever strength, whatever, whatever comfort, whatever it is that he's looking for. We, we put ourselves at his mercy and, and ask him to fill that need. And, you know, we have an opportunity when we're together like this to, to draw on the strength of each other right. when all our hearts are engaged. Yeah. And that's what we don't want to miss an opportunity. You know, it's. It's another Saturday morning and winter's closing in on us and let's take this opportunity to to draw together, draw on each other, draw on the Lord, ask him to fill this place so that those of us that are (coughs) struggling in a place we don't know what to do, maybe we'll get some answers today or maybe we'll get some kind of confirmation or his mercy or his help, his input in my life. Like, Like David was saying on Wednesday, that encounter, we, we need an encounter. Right. Don't know what level that's on. Or don't know how it's going to happen, but maybe it's this morning. So we come with anticipation to what God's going to do today. What he's going to speak. Amen. Let's gather. We're going to start with the people of God. With my lips, let us speak from
song that was sung here a long time ago, I think by Paula Krause, who wrote it, and it's called Love of God. And I did post the words on WSF, but they're really simple. They're love of God, greater far than any earthly treasure, higher than the highest star, deeper than the sea. Love of God, greater far than any trial or testing, stronger than the strongest foe, love that sets you free. Love of God, shape and mold me. Love of God, <coughs> love of God, consume me. Love of God. So I thought we could sing that together this morning. <coughs>
I would like to uh, uh, say a prayer for my sister before I share. Get the So, Lord Jesus, we ask you, I ask you to help my sister, help the doctors, help the family, and uh, she's in your hands, so that's a good thing. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Last time, Brother uh, Richard shared, he mentioned a a scripture, and then some people have uh, mentioned it again. And um, sometimes when I read this uh, scriptures, I I'm reminded of the of the exhortation in uh, Hebrews six, I think, it tells us to leave those things behind and go on into higher things. Yet at the same time, I think it's God's mercy that help us to remember some of the requirements that, uh, that we need to meet as we walk <laughs> together. But he read from Luke, uh, I think, it was, I mean, from Matthew f- uh, 5, Verse 21, uh, I think he read verse 20, 23. But it, it, the phrase starts in verse 21. And uh, it says, Ye have heard that it was said by them of all time. He also mentioned that uh, the children know exactly what we do. And uh, I'm sure my children knew what, 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 was, what I was going through when they were small and we were there at the farm in Mexico. I'm sure they knew our battles. I'm sure they knew if we trusted the brother or not. <coughs> I'm sure they watched us and concluded uh, through our behavior and through our, even though we were careful not to say much around them, and, but you know, there's only so much you can hide. So thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say to his brother, and these words always, uh, because this, uh, the same word appears in the English, in the Spanish Bible, I guess they couldn't translate it. He says, say to his brother Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. And this is the verse brother Richard read. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remembers that thy brother had out against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and, uh, and offer thy gift. I'll, I'll read another version of that. <coughs> this is uh, a translation that uh, brings different things into it. 
It says, you are familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly can call a brother idiot and you just might find yourself hauling to court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister and you're on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. Words kill. This is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship <coughs> and about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend and make things right. Then, and only then, come back and work things out with God. Now this reminds me of another scripture that is back in, a, I think it's in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 4. It's something that I always also wonder about it because it seems like it gives you some sort of license uh, but I guess it, it, that's not what it says. Ephesians 4, 24, 25. The verse <coughs> is talking about the, the new man in the 24th verse, and it says, Wherefore, putting away lie, speak every man truth with his neighbor. And this is the reason it says, We are members of one another. <coughs> Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Now, I was reminded also of an experience I had a long time ago, it seemed like centuries ago, but uh, I was working in El Paso, Texas, and uh, with this company, and then once in a while when they, if they couldn't find another job or the other job wasn't ready, they would let us go for a couple of days. And of course, everybody went to get unemployment. And to do that in El Paso, Texas, you have to go every day to look for a job and, and then report to, to the people, to the office, that they didn't hire you. And so now we, in our case, we didn't want to be hired because we, we already had a job, but that was the only way to, to get money. But uh, I didn't like that too much, but they gave us an option, and the option was you could take a course, and the course was on how to get a job. And so I thought, well, that's a lot easier, plus I would not tell them stories, you know, so. So I took the course. It lasted uh, about three or four days, I believe, and, and at the end of the, of the course, they were going to uh, have us do a mock interview. And so they set up an office and the teacher sat there and then there was a door and you come and knock at the door until you come in and then you'll come and, and tell them what you learned, how to sell yourself. I know how to do this, the other. All of you know that. And so, we did this, but what I didn't know is that they were filming the whole thing. And so once it was finished, 
Then he said, okay, now we're going to grade each other. I said, wow. And so the first one that comes, there, I hear the knock and I hear my voice. And I said, well, that's not me. I don't talk like that. <laughs> then he, come, he says, come in. And I come in and I see myself and I say, well, I don't walk like that. And then I go out and I present myself and all of that. And then I thought, wow. And at the end, then he said, okay, now we're going to grade him. And that was the worst part. <laughs> Nobody will hire me. I said, oh, no, I wouldn't hire that fellow. I wouldn't do that. Why? Because I have an image of how I talk. I have an image of how I go about. And the video did not correspond with my image. It just was nasty. And much less when everybody said that they wouldn't hire me. That he, said he, just, he just doesn't present himself well. He, he didn't tell exactly what he knows, what he can do. How is he going to help the company <coughs> to get better? And so the image was not according to the video. And I believe that what God does with us, he presents the video because in his mercy, he wants us to see exactly what he sees or how he sees us. Now, it is true also that the scripture tells us that, that he sees us perfect. He sees the work accomplished. And that's why he didn't fire the disciples because he knew what was going to happen eventually. That's why that uh, I'm sure that you wouldn't keep uh, uh, Peter in the, in the work uh, force after the way he was behaving. Yet God saw further than that. He knew what was going to happen. Peter didn't know. And so in the same way we don't know what's going to happen, in, in our worst moments we have no idea what's going to happen, but he does. And so he, once in a while he brings the videos. But the video is not the whole thing, is that are we going to accept it or not? Are we going to say yes? And so the two scriptures we have just read, uh, I'm sorry <coughs> to say that a lot of times I have not fulfilled that. I'm not there. And many a times I have come to worship the Lord and, and, and I'm here and I know there's a big problem somewhere over there. But I'm unable to do what the scripture says. Now, I don't know if he was referring to do it uh, just like it's written, that you'll come and then you leave and go look. I don't know if that's what it means, but I know what it means. And I also wonder sometimes when I'm, sometimes we have just had this big problem. Uh, like David says, uh, problems in the middle of the church. Yes, problems. And, and all these heated exchanges, then we go to the meeting and we're all raising our hands, worshiping the Lord. And I, I always couldn't help but to look at the other person. I think, why don't we do it? How can we, how, what is God thinking about us? And so 
once in a while we need to to go back to some of those things uh, and it sounds silly at uh, one time uh, uh, brother John Henson had mentioned that he'd gone to the convention and he said and I heard messages about forgiveness again he said and we shouldn't be listening to that any longer yet we were and so it tells you here that uh, if you are about to worship the Lord, to make an offering to you. But you notice they said, if, if you remember that a brother had a, something against you, it doesn't say, remember that you have something against a brother, but it works both ways. And he says, just go back there. And of course, that the way that fellow translates the other part, he said, because the fact is that words kill. And I believe I'm guilty of that. I'm sure I have killed some people in that sense. The things we said. And then again, the verse before the, the last part in, in, in Ephesians, it gives you the, the clue because it says that uh, it's talking about the new man. And Brother Bill gave me a little paper and uh, it's based in, in 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says, uh, mental activity, emotional life, and the will is exactly that which the New Testament calls the natural man, who as a soulish man, is incapable of accepting what comes from the Spirit of God. And then he makes a, a huge judgment here where he says nearly all so-called revivals have happened on this basis. There were mighty movements for the shaking of emotions. And so the last thing I want to do this morning is to, to appeal to your emotions. You won't do it. He said, there were mighty movements for the shaking of emotions, mighty persuasions and argumentations were used to influence the understanding and will. What was the result? The natural man has been maneuvered into Christianity and been made a Christian. Well, that's quite a charge. But I believe that uh, these scriptures that we just read it's just so opposite to what uh, the Bible is telling us uh, in other parts that we tells us that we are members of one another. You see, when Vicky said that we should uh, pray for each other, uh, thinking that uh, uh, it could be your own brother, could be your own sister, I, I did agree with that, but it's a whole different idea, a whole different thing when I get a call and I'm told that one of one of my own sisters is facing that. Guess what? Do you think I pray? Every so many minutes, minutes, I was thinking about her. I don't know if I ever told you that, but uh, 
when I was a, a student in, in Mexico City, my hometown is uh, 16 mi 1,600 miles from Mexico City. So it was a 24-hour bus ride to go back there. And every time I had a chance, I'll take the bus, because we students paid only half the fare. I'll take the bus and go back there. And by then, the only one staying in that city was my sister and her family. But I knew, without a doubt, that I had a home there, that I had meals, that I had everything there, because she was my sister. So much so that one day I got on the bus and I went to the house and there was nobody there. And so I climbed the, the, the fence, jumped inside. I knew how to open the door and went there and just make myself at home. And when they came back and they saw me there, oh, good, when do you get here? Wow. There was that, that closeness, that, that trust, that relationship. Uh, and, and also she, uh, I was very young and she'll take me to El Paso, Texas. She'll take me to, to JCPenney, to Sears and, and buy me clothes before I went back to the farm. I mean, to uh, Mexico City. And she kept doing it when, when I visited El Paso, Texas, uh, uh, coming from the farm for a short visit. She did the same thing. And so all these things come back to you when the news come that she could perhaps could be facing death. Perhaps not, Lord willing. But, and so, but that's the natural family. The spiritual family, the spiritual family says we're bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. And so the scriptures we read is somebody that's doing the opposite of what the Bible is calling us to be. And so we come together, we, we walk together, and we come here and we say, this is my family. These are the ones I'm going to stay with till the end. Didn't we say that? Yet there are times when those scriptures are telling us there's something else happening. And you know why? It's because the natural man has come right there. And when I'm in the natural man, I'm unable, I'm unable, totally unable to behave as a man that I'm actually in. And so, of course, what he's talking about here is that he believes that the natural man has gotten into the church and he's become a Christian. That's quite a charge. And I think uh, we also need to be aware of that and be careful that the natural man does not come into our midst and the natural man is the one that runs things instead of the spiritual man that it says here. So we cannot, however, recognize the thoughts of God in this and he has nothing to do with being born again. It might be that reverts have occurred in the revivals mentioned above, but there's a difference between, let us say, a psychological rebirth and a rebirth in the spirit. That one might temporarily carry all the characteristic features of a real birth, and yet 
all of that does necessarily have anything to do with the Spirit. And in many cases, it has nothing to do with the Spirit. It is a work of men. Christianity has become a system of human interpretation of the thoughts of God. Spiritual death hovers over it. It is not no living testimony for God. And so the church is quite a, it's talking about the whole church. But this morning I'm not talking to the whole church. I'm talking to a section of the church that is living together, that is working together. And naturally speaking, God has been, uh, I mean, beyond measure in his provision. And yet, when Brother Richard read that scripture, I thought to myself, why are we still reading those things? But let's see the context of that scripture. That's in 1 Corinthians, uh, the one that I just read from here. But before that, uh, Psalm 19. We were singing this beautiful song, God of Love. I don't know exactly the words in um, English. I do, I do know the ones in Spanish, but I know it says exactly the same thing. But while I was singing that, we were singing that, I, I thought to myself, Lord Jesus, I'm so far from that. I'm so far from that. Psalm 19, there's an interesting verse there. That has to do with, uh, with the experience I told you about, uh, about that course on how to find jobs. 12, uh, 12 verse, who can understand his errors? Cleanse dummy. Cleanse thou me from circuit faults. Keep back with thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be upright and, shall, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in my sight, O Lord my strength and my redeemer. So he asked a question. Who can see his own errors? And so we believe that at the beginning that we had some help. Now we have said recently, and I think Brother John Henson said that quite a while, that he said, the only covering we have is the Holy Spirit. We don't have another covering, just the Holy Spirit. But it has taken us a while to realize what that means, and I don't think we know exactly what that means yet, but I think we're moving that away. And so 
We have a great help if we can see it that way, and our help, our help, besides the Holy Spirit, or within the Holy Spirit, is those I walk with. But I have found throughout the years that it's something very hard to accept. Very difficult. The other day I heard a, a conversation uh, about, you know, about that we submit things to the elders. Okay, I submit uh, a, something I want to do. Yeah, I submit a trip, I submit whatever you, you submit to. And when people were talking about that, I realized, I suddenly realized, I, I saw uh, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I saw what the scripture meant that we just read, because I, I suddenly saw that I also don't trust the elders. Actually, I don't trust anybody. Why? Because I think my judgment is the best judgment. And I don't know if you ever have come to submit something and you're very nervous about it. But you know what, what that means? It means that I'm afraid they might say no. And who are they to say no? By then I declare that I don't really trust them. That I'm not really open to listen to my brother about what I'm Seeing. And so the question is that who can see his own errors? <clears throat> who can see them? And so when, when somebody tells you something, now one of the reasons I don't trust, uh, and hear me carefully, and I know you don't trust, is because of what I've seen throughout the years. We've seen the elders making mistakes. We've seen my brother telling me something that it was not true just because he didn't like what I was doing. So the natural man coming into the picture. But you know what? We need to uh, realize that in all of that, God is there. In all those mistakes, God is there. He's testing to see uh, what you really want to do. And so uh, I thought, wow. And it just happened that at that time, close to that, for the first time, or maybe the second time, because we were, are we visitors, are we not visitors? Uh, are we going back there, we're not going back there? But as the time went by and nothing was happening anywhere, so you have a at some point make some sort of declaration, you know. If, if I'm here even a certain time uh, with these folks, I should at least consider their, their, their thinking of what, about me, about my wife. And so about that time we're going to talk about something we wanted to do, and guess what? I was nervous. And I thought, wow. After so many years, yeah. I don't trust my brother. I don't think he can hear from God to see if what I think I should do is okay or not. 
And so, yes, the only covering is the Holy Spirit. And I think it was either Brother Buddy or Brother Sam that said that uh, we have to be free. And I remember uh, hearing them say, let him, give him some rope. Let him do it. You know why? Because the only one that can tell you if you are in error is God himself. So in that sense, that's the only, the only uh, covering. Because nobody else, nobody else can convince you of something unless God speaks to you. And is God so merciful, is so good to us that it breaks the image to speak to you and tell you, you are wrong. Even David, when, he, when the prophet comes and speaks to him, he immediately makes a judgment because he has no idea that the man he's watching in the video is him. Yeah. Yeah. He sees somebody else doing it. And he says, oh yeah, yeah, don't hire him. It's no good for the company. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit comes that's our greatest help, our only help. He comes and he says, that's you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> that we do have a help. But you have to be open to that. So that if you brother, if the elders come and say, look, this is happening. Look, you should, that doesn't look good. Instead of saying, oh, Let's bind him by the order. Wait a minute. It's you. Yes. But as years have shown us also, it doesn't happen just by telling the person that what he's doing is wrong. It takes the Holy Spirit. So in that sense, have to be free. To be free, keep going until the Holy Spirit in His great mercy reaches us and tells us, yes, you are doing something that is not right. I read it from another, another uh, versions. Same scripture, it said, how will I discern the waywardness of my heart? Then that word, you have to look them up anyway, he said, no, that was in Spanish, I'm sorry. Okay, he said, difficult to control or predict because of unusual, unusual or perverse behavior. That's what it means. And that's, this, this, is, this is our heart. Lord, forgive my hidden flaws whenever you find them. That's a funny uh, phrase because God knows her faults already. So, but he thinks, he doesn't know them, so he says whenever you find them. Unfortunately, he knows uh, the ones that need to find them is ourselves. Keep cleansing me, God, and keep me from my secret selfish sins. May they never rule over me. That's the cry of the psalmist. That may they never rule over me. Whatever it is, 
For only then will I be free from fault and remain innocent of rebellion. So may the words of my mouth, my meditation, my thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes. Yahweh, my only redeemer, my protector. Beautiful, beautiful prayer at the end of his problems. Another uh, ver version says, who can be aware of errors? Clear me of unperceived guilt, and from willful sins keep your servant. Let them not dominate me. Once again the cry, let not those sins rule over me. Let them not dominate me. Then shall I be blameless and clear of grave offenses. May the words of my mouth and the prayer of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I was uh, reading a, was reading a book, and there's a, an interview there that they did to a, a chancellor from Austria uh, back in 1986, and he was on a he was a, he was having a problem with a, another fellow, and he was in the news. And then he said, uh, he said, this whole Weissenthal complex, that's what he was having a problem with, isn't worth another word. I happen not to like the man, and that is my right. Have I said that before? I happen not to like the man, and that is my right. Lord, help us to abandon that right. We don't have that right. We don't. Not just with these folks that are sitting here, but with every believer. We don't have the right. Just because we share the same religion, they were both the same religion, both the, the, the two that are having the problem. Just because we share the same religion, it doesn't mean that we have to love each other. Just because we live in the same place doesn't mean we have to love each other. We just tolerate each other. And we'll go like that another 20 years. And he says, just because we share the same religion, it doesn't mean that we have to love each other. Do all Catholics? So he's saying, do all love each other? Just because this fellow and I are the same religion, but they were in opposite, they were in opposite parties, and they're fighting each other. He said, it's my right. Well, it is not. Now another thing I read, it says, this is by the, by the man, the, one of those men, he said, every dictatorship never recognizes a mistake. In all history, 
no dictatorship ever did. Once they make a statement that is false, even when they know it is false, they stick with it. This is the real philosophy of any dictatorship. Brighter people know better. When I admit a mistake, I can only win. Now this is a natural man that wrote this. He's not a Christian. Yet when I read that, I thought, wow. That's what the Bible says. That's what the scripture that Richard was reading says. You admit, in the moment of worship, you admit that you are wrong. And you must correct that. And the only one that can help you to do that is the Holy Spirit. Now, I think I mentioned this to you before, but you know that the, the Pope never apologizes? Somebody said that recently, this new Pope did apologize about something, but be, well, let's say that before that, history tells us they never said they were wrong. You know why? You know one of the, of the things they said about the Pope? He's infallible. You know what it means? He cannot make mistakes. So if he cannot make mistakes, obviously he cannot apologize. Right? <laughs> have I been there before? Yes, I have. Infallible. Therefore, I will not apologize. And you are infallible when you are in the natural man because you convince yourself that you are right. And in that particular thing, you are right, and the other one is wrong. Brother Sam had a beautiful expression of this, and I'm still difficult for me to understand. When Brother Sam said when there was a problem between two brothers, he said one brother comes out and the other goes up, and God is in the middle. I still don't know what exactly he meant, but I know uh, the spirit of it, and I know what he's saying is that somehow we have to come together, and when we come together, God is there. And perhaps neither one is right. Perhaps neither one is wrong. He used to also say, I don't know if you remember, and it was not original with Brother Sam, because I have read it in other parts, that two blind men went uh, to the zoo, and they, they saw an elephant, saw by, by touching, and so one touches certain section of the elephant, the other one touches another section, and so each one has a different idea of what an elephant looks like, and both are right, both are wrong. And he used that illustration to say how sometimes we behave. And in that particular thing, sometimes we're right, the other one is also right. Sometimes we're wrong, the other one is also wrong. And so we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Now to finish, let's go back to the, the scripture this fellow's using. That's 1 Corinthians chapter two. Now the only uh, 
The only reason I have to say what I said, may the Lord help me, is that I think we're called, the calling is so high. The singing is so high that if I'm in the natural man, I see that as something impossible. Something far, far away from where I am. Yet, like that, like those young men, after the resurrection, they were walking with Jesus, and they said, wasn't there a fire there? Has to be a fire there, a fire there to see what we have heard fulfilled. Realizing that only God can do it, but at the same time wanting it to happen. At the same time saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I need your help. I see that, but it's way beyond anything I could do. Lord, help me. And so part of the answer is that in, in the scripture this man uses to, to say what he said. And in the second book of 1 Corinthians, second chapter. There's no time to read the whole chapter, but the, the scripture he uses comes out of that chapter. And he, he speaks about uh, the 14th verse of the second chapter. But before that, Paul is talking about not having come to these fellows in his own strength, in his own wisdom, and he explains that there, there's a wisdom that is above what they have heard, and then he concludes uh, that thinking. He said, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. And I believe it's something we have come to realize is that the natural man cannot know those things. The natural man cannot know the way. The natural man cannot know how to solve the problems. The natural man has no idea, yeah. no idea how to go forward. And so what is our salvation? The spiritual man, the new man that we are. Anyway, and she said, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because their spiritual discern. And so he said, um, but, he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is the judge of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But, here's the answer, he said, we have the mind of Christ. So we're blessed by that. We're blessed that we are full of hope because we do have the mind of Christ. We do have a new man. There's a new man resided in us. And the challenge here is not to go back to the old man. And every time uh, God is going to bring the video, God is going to put you under situations where you are going to have to see when is the old man the one is searching. And so that you look up to the new man and deny that old man. That's where the answer is.
So let's not be hopeless. Let us remain full of hope because the help is there. Uh, really, I think the, the transformation that goes on in our hearts, really, uh, we're tied in with that where God brings us to the place where we say, God, I really need to be changed. I need this transformation. And that's what takes the time to get us to that place where we say, I really need this transformation uh, to take place and to really see uh, ourselves. Uh, but in the light of God and in the light of where God wants to take us. And, um, and he brings us into that comparison. That's where the, the trouble is, you know. We, sometimes we think of somebody like Charlie Manson. And then we feel a little better about ourselves. <laughs> but, you know, that's a silly thing to do. Um, what? No. No, he was a, a wretched criminal. Leave it at that. Don't look him up. Um, he's one of the worst criminals of the last century, I suppose. So, but um, that's not how it works. Actually, the Bible says you're foolish if you compare yourselves among yourselves. Really, what God does is bring us into the light of who He is. Right. I mean, all of us perhaps listen to that song today, and it cuts through all of us about the love of God. Because we know, we read 1 Corinthians 13, and we say, hmm, man. Yeah. And we'd like to leave it on the level of a refrigerator magnet. Uh, but actually, what God wants to do is transform us into that. And, and so he brings us into who he is. We get a glimpse of that in light of who we are. And man, then you say, Lord, I need this transformation. <laughs> uh, please, Lord, please do this. Do this work in me. Uh, so thank you, Abel. Very, very clear and simple. But this is really where God's taking us. It says in Zephaniah that every morning God brings his judgment to light. You ever, you ever read that? Every morning it's available to us. Uh, so God help us not to be afraid of that. All right.